Beautiful. You certainly <laughs> love to see it. Uh, Bennett, you're calling me from um, Pennsylvania? Hey, sure am. There's gold in that there uh, line. Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> oh, Penn's man. Woods. You know, you the, the guy must have been real hard up to be calling everything his woods. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, you ever been to Colonial Williamsburg? Um, is that in New York? No, no. Oh, I'm here all week. Is that a car uh, dealership in New York uh, City? You know what I mean. The 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 where they work, walk around in the Colonial garb, and uh... um, yes, I have. Mm. Washington Crossing is what I'm most familiar with that style of dress. Do you remember when they there was like Washington Crossing, but it was like I feel like they're just on and off doing it. But sometimes there's like a day where you go and do it. Maybe it's like Veterans Day, Memorial uh, well, Day, or something. They do it on Christmas. Christmas, or, typically, because then they got happen. Yeah, they got like a lady cooking up beans in a pot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember when you came to visit me in Hamilton. We bought a big, uh, a big can of beans, and we never made them. Damn. <laughs> I think they ended up getting thrown in. You, you look back on those things you really regret. From those four years, that's actually my one and only it's regret. One of God the biggest. Damn, I left those beans uneaten. Ben, how the hell are you? Uh, doing all right. Really kind of considering putting in my two weeks tomorrow. I don't know. I really kind oh, of like thought about it today. Yeah. I was like spinning around in my chair. I was like, shit, maybe I should. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> it's gauche yeah, to talk yeah. about money, but okay. I've reached the point where I'm making like rent by doing the freelance stuff, which can only go up, right? So, Dude, I know, I thinking, nice. Uh, Dump um, it. Fucking offload. Guys, I'm loaded. I don't know if I've said this yeah. before on the podcast. This guy's making rare... rent over here, humble bragging. <laughs> I have the rare privilege of being exceedingly wealthy. So I think that's part of why I feel sort of a kinship to uh, Sofia Coppola. Mm, yeah. Dude, you got to quit. Putting your two weeks is the fucking best uh, thing I ever did. I don't know. I don't think I can do it. <laughs> incredible release of endorphins yeah One see i've only never seen <laughs> i remember i don't know most of the time like when i've quit my jobs it's always been accompanied by like a bunch of stress like i remember when i i remember really wringing my yeah. hands over quitting shop right after two weeks giving my two weeks after two <laughs> weeks i remember being <laughs> well that's a unique situation yeah i guess i i don't know I was really stressed out looking for a job, and then I just stopped looking for a job, and I feel so good. <laughs> uh, it's like that. Oh, it's like good. that Smith song when he says, "Like I was looking for a what does he say? Looking for a job, and I found a job, and heaven knows I'm miserable now. Looking for a job, stop looking for a job." <laughs> That's where <laughs> people usually mess up during the job search process is that you're actually searching um, for personal freedom, which you're not going right. to get unless you stop working. Bennett, I just read your fantastic essay on, um, it's not making a murderer, um, it's called Martin. Ah, yes. Which is kind of like making a murderer, because he is in fact a murderer. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Oh, no, no. Uh, You don't think I come off like a bit of a humorless scold in the beginning? I don't know. I was thinking about dialing it back, but I've got to add a few more paragraphs of additional uh, context. Craig gave me the the, the go-ahead to write even more. But uh, you liked it? Nice. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I don't think it's, I think you, you do a lot of good setting up there. Necessary, especially for the, uh, big shitty babies out there. You understand. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I, I, I really appreciated. I talk about laughing at your own joke. I really laughed at my own joke with the ending the the bolded, uh, I won't spoil it, but people <laughs> will read this, but, uh, I, I hope you agree that I really tied it together with that joke at the end. Yes, absolutely. Um, I won't spoil it, but you got to read this thing once it comes out on SplitToothMedia.com on the uh, October Horror Spooky Ta- Spooky Series. Now, Bennett, today is October 31st. We are celebrate- celebrating the day of Halloween. Hall- All Hallows <gasps> Eve. Freak. Are you washing, girl? Oh. <laughs> what beautiful... <laughs> leg i don't know um <laughs> it's like a it's like a witch peeping on a bunch of girls <laughs> <laughs> yeah um some free associating i'm doing 
Uh, I wrote a letter to uh, my local congressman. I told him, good work. I'm glad that everything's going well. You are my favorite congressman. Thank you very much for your service. And, you know, I'm... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm really showing my ass with Texas geography here, but uh, you're not in Beto country, right? He's like West Texas. Beto country's all of Texas. Uh, but I mean, like, you're not, he's not your, he's not your representative. No, no, no. Um, we got, uh, I don't know, some other jack off. There is a portrait, though, of, um, oh, fuck, was George Bush, uh, was he a, one of our guys? Was he a president he was a, of Texas he was a governor. for a little bit? He was a governor, yeah. Yeah, we had yeah, a picture a of our fingers of in his nose from his portrait. <laughs> portrait of him and portrait of Rick Perry right next to each other in the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Oh, we saw we saw that together. Yeah, yeah, they've got Bush Bush is choking on a pretzel in his portrait. I thought it was like a fun, like we have fun here kind of a touch. <laughs> Immortalized, you'll remember in Oliver Stone's Opus W. <laughs> realize, realize, realize. Um, If you say realize three times, it actually means it's an entire sentence, believe it or not. Um, That was discovered by the same guy that realized you could type typewriter with all the letters at the top of the keyboard. Now, I don't want anyone to be kind of, that's, I'm steeping you in the deep end here. And I know we're still in the earlier episodes of uh, Split Tooth, but (laughs) if you don't know this stuff by now, I mean, spoiler alert. Um, I know it can be kind of disturbing for some people who didn't take computer class. Do you know how many words a minute I type? Have I told you? Uh, 30. That's not a lot. Okay. Way, (laughs) way more than that. 40. Uh, It's around 68. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Which qualifies me for a lot of uh, typist jobs. And I think I'm going to go on a secretary school um, in a couple weeks. Oh, right on. You know, that's actually the, um, speaking of fun trivia about typing words, you know the word bookkeeper? Uh, book, I think it's bookkeeper is the word with mm-hmm. the most uh, double letters in a row. I think it's the only one with uh, three. O-O-K-K-E-E-P-P-E-E-R. What's a, uh, what's a pirate's favorite um, letter in the word bookkeeper? B? It's the R. Oh, I got it. Yes. I think today so you... is actually Talk Like a Pirate Day, by the way. Fucking oh. spare me. Because <laughs> you know what we needed? We don't get enough of adults acting like children the other 364 uh-huh. days of the year, so we really needed something else. You're There's right not enough cosplaying that Bennett. around. Too many big, big adult babies walking around with their large scale diapers. <laughs> diapers. <laughs> I got to go see if my cat threw up. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to grab my notebook. Yeah, we're all good. No puke. Yeah, how about that airline food? How about that? How about that brigadier food? Don't you just hate when you get a rapier stuck into your belly when you're trying to rob a ship of its booty? Yar. Yar, don't, isn't it just a bummer when you're trying to text your bae and she, um, and, uh, that face when, that feeling when bae says her parents aren't home and you set your sails to full mast so you can hit the high seas and, (laughs) (laughs) Why don't I make the whole boat out of the black box material? (laughs) (laughs) they should have called it 911 (laughs) because it was a dang emergency (laughs) you know that's why they call it that Um, do you think that might yeah anyway I remember a kid in in elementary school did ask um, did they do it on 9-11 because like 911 I'm like, buddy, you got a lot of YouTube videos to watch. <laughs> uh, they? Who do you think they is, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Quick question. Who do you think that is? Right, just checking. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all made all in the reservoir. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, folks, mm-hmm. we're talking mm-hmm. about one of the best movies we've ever watched for real rap. Um, 
I would go so far as to call it one of the best movies of the uh, 21st century thus far. Okay, um, okay, I'm listening. Tr- truly underappreciated uh, masterpiece from our, our good friend Sophia mm. Coppola. I consider her a friend at this point. She, um, yeah, I've been sending her emails back and forth, um, but I don't want to brag, so I won't. Um, you, you've heard of um, you've heard of the Hamburglars, little friends, the Fry Guys. Well, buddy, I'm a yep. reply guy. <laughs> I don't want every one. I don't want every episode of the podcast to be me repeating a tweet that I don't think got enough favorites, so that people laugh at mm-hmm. it, so that I at least hear you laugh at it. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. probably going to happen every episode. It's it's going to be like the cinema okay. thing. Hey, we're working out the kinks. It's not you don't um you don't make sausage without cutting a few um pigs guts up into a billion little pieces. Hell yeah. I was st- I was like laughing to myself at work yesterday thinking about um everyone in your class just being like appalled at the idea of you watching the act of seeing with one's own eyes just being like oh, why would you watch that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that was not not the right crowd. Everybody was about 60 plus. Hey, tough crowd. Hey, tough crowd. Uh, I meant I was watching um, Apollo 13, and I just thought it was really good. Oh, now you're talking. Uh. Anywho, talking about Marie Antoinette. You're calling this a historical film? So many people got so pissed. People wrote tones about how uh, inaccurate historically this movie was. It's like, okay, moving on. She understands. They treat her like she's a dang fool. Um, yeah, I, you know, Roger Ebert liked this, but um, it, it still has like he a did. 56% on Rotten Tomatoes to this day. Because I guess that's accounting for just the contemporary reviews. Yeah, contemporary critics did not get it, did not like it. Um, they're idiots. This movie rules. Um, I, I think, honestly, the first 20 minutes of this movie in particular, I noticed you mentioned this in your initial review of it, that you liked uh, the beginning mm-hmm. especially. I think, the, I think the first 20 minutes are fucking God-level filmmaking. Like, truly pantheon stuff. The, the best sequences. <laughs> best, some of the best sequences of anything we've watched now. Really incredible. We open in Austria, where Marie lives with uh, her doggy and her mommy. I feel like the first 30 minutes and something that... Um, Sophia has proven to be really talented at is like setting the scene and the atmosphere, uh, which she does in Lost in Translation just by showing a woman's ass. And in this, there's an interesting open opening scene where Marie Antoinette herself is getting like lavish in a bathtub and kind of winks at the camera. It's not showing the ass, but it's a similar kind of feeling of there's, it's just kind of a knowing sort of glance that, like, this is a performance and uh, there are limits to it. Um, and by setting this thing of of having Marie Antoinette in a bathtub, like, eating macaroons and, like, having her feet rubbed, it's like, that should be the sign to the people in the beginning that this is not going to be something that is about the actual history mm-hmm. of Marie Antoinette. At least that's what I take from it. Right. How do you feel about the historical a- accuracy, Bennett? Well, yeah. I mean, right there, the sort of the, the, the sort of um, that that shot right there kind of lets you know what you're in for. And then once again, I think um, not to suggest that she is obvious as a filmmaker, but she very much tells you what you're in for from the beginning. Marianne Faithful plays her mother, and her first line is like, "All eyes will be on you." It basically lays out like what's going to be the theme that she's going to kind of hammer home through the rest of the film. 
Um, I really like that she mm-hmm. um, plays up the fact that these are like teens without being like pandering about it. Like there's that bit when they're in the carriage to mm. go to like the handover to France and they're looking at the, I think it's called a cameo, those little pictures. They're looking at like the painting of uh, Jason Schwartzman. Um, that she's showing off her retainer at one point. There's a couple fun little like teen touches. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, she, yeah, they're, they're, she kind of is uh, markedly clumsy and and so are her friends and they're just kind of like laying down in this really lavish uh carrot horse carriage kind of just like fumbling around and um the i guess it's not what you would expect of like a period drama of like high stakes uh kind of like intrigue but like people wrestling with the costumes they're wearing and going through a lot of formalities that they don't that they're like too young to even comprehend how to participate in. Yeah, I, there, there's little imperfections to all of like the pageantry. Like people don't quite know when they're supposed to like kneel. I think it really like makes mm-hmm. it very like authentically lived in. And also Jason Schwartzman for a guy who was probably like thirty something in this movie does a good job of playing like a teen as well. Like he and all his buddies mm-hmm. are like fighting each other with like sticks and shit when she like drives up in the carriage. Um, great shots from inside the carriage. You don't often get those. Um, oh yeah, and that carriage is pretty damn cool. A lot of, like, looking out the window and stuff. This movie, I, once mm-hmm. again, what a fucking curatorial ear Sofia Coppola's got. Great soundtrack. Great music. Specifically, the, uh, the there's a beginning, I think it's a, either a square push or an Aphex twin song of, like, just kind of harpsichord, which is, like, I don't know, just played eerily. Um, it's nice. It's fucking on. She, again, she is... Hmm. She is giving me personally what I like making. I can't. I struggle to find the words every time I try to voice this, but she is moving in one direction with the music. Like the music cues you to feel the way that you feel like you're supposed to feel. But then she, in this movie, kind of throws in some imperfections with the characters that go against the sort of pageantry of the surrounding sets and their costumes and their makeup. And also uh, just kind of shows how strange everyone looks, which I feel like she's never, um, she's never touched on ugliness as she has as much as she has in this movie, people's makeup and like old people's way of dressing is just like kind of eerie and disgusting at certain times mm-hmm. uh which is a, a kind of a new angle for her um i think that's another um another fun part of all like the famous faces that she casts that it's like it's never not garish to see like rip torn dressed up like louis the 15th and he mm-hmm. is as wild-eyed and fucking crazy as he was in maidstone uh, love to see Rip Torn in this movie. Rip oh Torn should have been an Oscar nominee for this movie. Like rip snorting around, really just as, as just a fucking decadent, uh, a decadent monarch. Ooh. He is is perfectly cast. One of the roles he, he was born to play, honestly. So good, just the most disgusting pig <laughs> as the king, and then he just like gets sick and dies, and he's like having sex with a prostitute the whole time. He literally is like snorting like a pig in that one scene too. <laughs> oh. He, um, oh, I, when he's like asking about her tits and um, and then just stares at him, and this is oh, first thing I would have asked about. Niece. Yeah, <laughs> she's supposed to be like, "How's her bosom?" Yeah, cool. not no one tries she's to do 14. any accent besides their own too. He still sounds like the guy from Men in Black. Yeah, he just sounds like fucking bank robber ass rip torn. Um, I like too um, that they they really sell up that they're teens going through all of this pageantry. Like Jason Schwartzman, when he like welcomes her, sounds like a fucking like bar mitzvah boy reading the blessing. Like just very much like going through the motions and like trying to sound mature, mm-hmm. but like really just being like, oh come on, I'm trying to mm-hmm. grind, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm supposed to be at a party with a glow stick up to my dick. Come on. <laughs> I appreciate the restraint with which Jason Schwartzman is characterized, although I do find him very kind of annoying and um beta he uh-huh. has he he's has these small moments that um are focused on pretty closely but characterize him as just this kind of like 
gearhead type kid who just likes <laughs> like playing little fucking trinket games. Um, he's always playing with. This is actually that's actually true to history that it took them like seven years to consummate their marriage, and then he was apparently. I, I, it's been a long time Whoa. since they took AP Euro. Um, I think he, I think the theory is that he had some sort of like condition that made it like painful for him to get an erection. Is part of why he was sort of. Um, to use your term, a beta, which personally I really related to the character. I really loved it. This is my dream marriage. I mean, we could just, we just lie in this huge ass bed and I can play with my toy trains. Play with your trains and read about little locks. He's like, but oh. uh, European history is full of um, full of marriages like that, where they they would either not consummate the marriage at all, or for like decades. Like Catherine the Great was married to this guy who would just like play with like toy soldiers in bed. Um, there's a Prussian. They're probably mentally ill. Or well, yes. Gay. There's also a lot of that. There's a, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of both of that. There, there's a lot of both of those as well. Um, I mm. think in the case of um, I, I don't know in the case of Louis XVI that people have sort of uh, drawn those conclusions necessarily. Made me want to look up a lot of what the history was because uh... it's a shame textbooks are like six hundred dollars. How do they get all? How do they get away with that shit? Stuff that gets updated every year too. Like stuff that's the exact all opposite right. of being evergreen costs you like six hundred dollars. Stuff that depreciates. Uh, I can take like a, a wild guess because it's a freaking scam. Hey, it's a fucking racket. She uses like the whole her first coming into Versailles is such great disorienting like handheld camera work just everything is so alien and doesn't without being like too again she never like pander she really she's lets the style speak for itself i saw someone on letterbox was like when style over substance is the substance it is sort of like what this movie is and i you know mm. maybe a bit maybe a bit reductive maybe a bit of a simplification but uh you know i i i think um sevia coppola can really do a lot with like pretty subtle camera movements here and she can really do a lot with just this, this, this scene setting i mean it's insane that they really let her film in versailles insane i i feel that the surface of the film is how sophia and how this movie operates we see um the way marie antoinette dresses is always kind of reflecting what her mood is in an almost blatant way and or contrasting it greatly, like when she's crying in a big, beautiful pink dress or something. But uh, in the beginning, when she's changing clothing, um, you know, it's like a huge transformation for her, which is signaled by her superficially like changing her appearance. Uh, which I think a lot of what Sophia is about is how things look the uh, how relationships sort of appear from the outside uh and the role that i guess like society slash gossip plays in um in judging those appearances and not really going any deeper to how people might feel and then every in this case everyone kind of indulging so deeply in the surface of uh in the surface appearance of everything that everyone's kind of ignoring very blatant issues that are occurring within Versailles. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that we get almost no indication of any of the political stuff, but I, um, I, to your point uh -huh. about the gossip, I think this film does very much what, uh, the Virgin suicides did in, in coming up with this really, really interesting point of view. It's, it's, it's a story that's almost told from like a collective, um, societal point of view. That's, you mm -hmm. know, uh, pretty pretty incomplete and uh characterized by a lot of like rumors and a lot of like assumptions um i mean there's even a scene later in the film of all of them going through all of like the kind of like libelous stuff that's being printed about them in the newspapers and then obviously when marie's being introduced to court there's so much gossip all around there's that great scene at the uh, dinner table i think it's one of the first dinner scenes we get where the camera it, it lasts like, probably, like three minutes of just the camera sitting mm with like six different groups of people and just listening to all of their like horrible conversations about people oh that are sitting like God. <laughs> presumably with an earshot right next to them yeah uh -huh. when things eventually do like fall apart the gossip is occurring like right in front of people's faces so that they can hear it like marie will just be like blatantly talked about in her face by people in the hallway um i think in every movie so far even lost in translation we get these voiceovers of people commenting on the protagonist uh like just in in innocuous ways saying like is that 
blah, blah, blah. Is that so-and-so? Is that Marie? Is that fucking uh, Bill Murray? Uh, and it kind of reveals Sophia's worldview, I guess, of... It's almost like still like she's stuck in high school or something, that everything is understood by how the perception might be outside. Uh, even if the characters aren't like concerned with how other people think, Sophia very much wants you to consider uh, the, like, I don't know, so social perception, like we said, of of what's going on. It's not only that you're seeing the events unfold, but you're hearing about it too and sometimes only hearing about it, which might be even more important than what's actually happening. Like, whether or not she did say let them eat cake is not, like, a point in this movie that needs to be made. Mm-hmm. We get we get both perspectives. We get the imagined scene of her saying it, which, I mean, for all we know, happened, and then we get her talking about it. I mean, I think I, I think to the point about the high schoolness of it all, I mean, I think it's part of Sophia's work here to emphasize to us, again, without pandering, without having them, like, drooling to show us that they're, mm-hmm. uh, that they're teens, you know? Yeah, children. Um, they're eating oysters for breakfast. Um, one of the there's oh. a lot. Of, a lot of, <laughs> how fucking disgusting! Oysters are disgusting Dark. now. Imagine eating them in like the fucking 18th century. Oh my cool. god! Especially having rip torn's fucking teeth. Like what? What? What shit must taste like just to have rip torn set of teeth? Just every food tastes like iron or something. Um. <laughs> The, the, a, a big meal was made at the time too of like the couple of the soundtrack being the big one but there's a couple of um like anachronistic touches every now and then um you know the, the converse sneakers people talked a lot about that at one point jason I didn't schwartz see is that eating, oh yeah it's kind of a blinker you'll miss it but people uh people love to pull out that gif um uh-huh. did you see jason schwartz been eating reese's for breakfast uh but that was pretty wild. no <laughs> reese's for breakfast <laughs> um, <laughs> That was one of those things that even modern viewers would have raised an eyebrow at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are you mm-hmm. a fireworks you guy? Right. I am a medium fireworks guy. You know who's a huge fireworks guy? Ike. He will. That does not surprise Travel <laughs> for fireworks. Uh-huh. Really doesn't that surprise. Guy me. That's will... the least surprising yeah. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> he he'll light a firework any time of day. Actually, one night he and I were really fucking high and uh, got we're running around like our neighborhood of Alston and he uh, had like a trunk full of fireworks and we brought three mortars, I guess they're called out. And in these like narrow streets of Alston where houses are constantly going ablaze and people dying, we set a mortar off at like 3am and like ran home, which was like a, like maybe a half mile away. And as soon as we get in, his girlfriend's like, did you guys set off a firework? And we're like, uh, Yes, uh, I'm not a fan personally. I uh, mm. I never 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 got I, the appeal. Yeah, yeah. Annie, Annie probably the least surprising thing you've ever heard. Um, <laughs> what about t- when it's like the right time and place? Uh, I don't mind a fireworks show, which I guess this was more of. That. Right. I don't mind. Yeah. Although I like it, I don't like that they do them after like every fucking baseball game during the summer. It's one of those mm. things. It's like. It loses its it loses its impact. You're doing it at the drop of a goddamn yeah. hat. You're supposed to do it on Fourth of July, New Year's. And I think that's it. Well, and then my birthday. Fourth of July comes, but once a year. Mm. I like the I like the the kind of pirate before and after of the 4th of July when you just start hearing them and you're like here we go baby it's coming it's in the air because that's like a whole it's kind of like a total it's like when it snows everybody's experiencing this kind of total overall like we're all here and we're all living it when those fucking fireworks start going oh you start hearing a little pop 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 out your window you know the veterans are all crawling back to their little caves all the dogs are hiding under the bed and it's when the real freaks come out to play fucking sirens going off cops trying to find out who's got a permit who doesn't have a permit it's like a freaking lbi lbi sitting on that fucking hot rooftop drinking a hot corona with a hot girl that won't even talk to you you're uh been on the beach all day got a nice sun-kissed um some sun-kissed tan to you you're drinking a dang sun-kissed as well which you're which is a mixer for the rubinov that you're drinking and you're just watching some beautiful 360 view on your third third story balcony 
of uh, some Long Beach Island fireworks. And I'll tell you, uh, if I was uh, if I was uh, Bruce Springsteen, I might say something like, "And the fireworks are going off right now, and my baby isn't ignoring me." He wouldn't say ignoring. He'd probably be like, "And I love my baby," or something like that. Something good. You're a poet. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know it. No, just hey, now aware. you know. Very aware. No, very aware. So. Have you seen my LinkedIn header? <laughs> <Try> <laughs> Poet. That'll really get you a fucking job. <laughs> Seeking my next challenge. <laughs> Homegrown, homespun poet seeking my next line. Always oh, on God. the hunt for a good line. <laughs> no. Yeah. Goldman Sachs is like, ah, oh, never mind. Oh, uh, which sort of, oh, you mean poetry. No, oh, you I'm mean sorry. poetry. Fuck you. <laughs> uh-huh. I, so the um, sense I... of performance. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I wish Rip Torn would just get up on stage and just take a shit. I really wish he probably Rip Torn was still alive. This made me sad that Rip Torn's dead. Oh, fuck. His uh, death seems really Mandela kind of affecting in this me. movie, too. Um, it literally goes to, like his point of view as he like fades from life oh it's he's like <laughs> wobbling yeah yeah that's sad I'm, I'm sad he's dead he's a real he's a fucking one actor that understood that um the genius of filmmaking is not in making a man a god but smashing that god's head open with a hammer yes yes um i i'm sure you appreciate it as much as i did the sheer opulence of this movie i mean french court and the catholic church talk about decadence oh yeah. I was in fucking heaven. Holy fucking good. Latin mass, yeah. That that was a pig and shit moment for me as well. Uh, it's it's, and I don't want to get all film school on you, but uh, but uh, was it uh, Terry to say uh, dare dare to say, Terry to, Terry uh, get? There's some type of turn of phrase that I'm looking for, and I'm gonna finish the sentence. Is Oh, there's got to be some, some Terry Gross. Still <laughs> Terry Gross is a radio producer out of um, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, which is actually where William Penn used to live. Ah, fuck! What were we talking about? Uh, oh, she's. It's it's almost like the I kind of got, and maybe this is just. I feel like I'm always. Uh, <laughs> Do it like cutting into my own sentences to describe what I'm about to say and get to the point where I never say the end of the sentence. She, by the end of the movie, is basically just kind of almost touting in her face, like, look at all this fucking bullshit. Look at all this shit that I'm that has been paid for in full by all the producers that I have and all these fucking like Manolo shoes. It's just as much, uh, you know, the, uh, shining a light on the opulence of of versailles as it is on the opulence of hollywood movies and how fucking ridiculous it is that she's getting like i mean and i think it, she did the right thing of making it so that she's making fun of all of this fucking period shit and how insane it is by just kind of throwing it around just fucking like eating it up uh, photographing it in all these fucking insane ways, having people just like, there's so much uh, fanfare to it that people can't even move around in the costumes that we're wearing, which I'm sure was like, you know, what was going on on set. People were like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Um, yeah, I. Uh, it's yeah, it doesn't it doesn't shy away from really any of the decadence. I mean, we're watching an empire in decline, and Sophia doesn't let us forget that you know that typically involves a real descent into decadence. There's the the I Love Candy <laughs> sequence, which sort of shows everything going from, like, decadent to truly just pig and shit level decadent, is kind uh-huh. of corny. And I think that's what most people think about when they think about the movie, is, like, that yeah, sequence. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. I mean, it's like a well-edited, you know, sequence of film. It's, it clearly shows the influence of, like, uh, you know, not to keep... I hate to talk about Sophia in terms of her father, but it shows the influence of her father's generation of filmmakers. It, it's like a, you know... A Scorsese and sort of music video within the film, but um, yeah, she does. It's hardly represented. Montages like that. Uh huh. I would. I, I agree. It does come at like a strange time, and I think that's good. And it's important to 
create a break in between, but it is a little out of keeping with the rest of the movie and kind of just acts like a trailer. Um, but I, I, I like the, that at, at a certain point, champagne is just always being poured for the entirety of the movie after, uh-huh. you know, a specific point. Um, I am desperately attracted to every single character in I think um all of Sofia Coppola's movies but not Kirsten Dunst um, is that, just I'm otherwise a very normal well-adjusted um gentleman with a lot of respect um this is a really not to belabor the teen point again but this is a really really great performance of someone who's way too old to be playing a teen playing a teen especially in the early yeah it's true I think it's probably it's the best example of that I can think of honestly I mean the only one that comes close is maybe Leo and Catch Me If You Can um really sells being like like a 15 year old who's never left this huge palace uh-huh. you grew up in and they kind of appropriately age everyone by the end or at least make them act a, like slightly differently to make you feel um well i think i i think that's a great like narrative within the film is is the the way jason schwartzman and, and marie's relationship matures the way they become sort of the, the way they come to like an understanding about the nature of their relationship and the way they become sort of like friends with one another um, mm, like by the time mm-hmm. she's off living in like the peasant house and he comes back and they clearly have like a rapport with one another and they do end up having like yeah. four kids. Um, yeah. I, uh, it I like turns into fucking freak- Oh yeah. <laughs> I like how everyone's freaking the fuck out when she has a son, like one guy screaming through the halls. What is it? Yeah. What does they call him? What do they call him? The, the Dauphin. The, the Dauphin. The Dauphin. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's good shit. Very good shit. Um, uh, so, oh, and I also like the stage performances within this movie in the very elaborate uh, fucking opera house. And, uh-huh. and that she does a play at one point. You know, Sophia's definitely got something to say about the nature of performance, um, the way certain people act when they're being seen and then um especially like i i think a lot of the stuff she wants to get is people playing kind of directly for the camera and not acting like they're like naturally in this environment a lot of the scenes especially at like dinner when they're both sitting on the one side of the table facing the camera and then we have this like beautiful setup it's like that's just for us it's not to like we're not learning too much about the characters in that it's like we're just taking on this insanely like detailed set and it's all so uh indulgent just to even watch something like this that she like wants you to feel that way i uh, i laughed when i realized that the music was diegetic when they're eating uh eating breakfast that there's like a like a whole like orchestra (laughs) in the background um there's another sort of turn this movie takes there's the first sort of turn into decadence and then um after jamie dornan leaves she starts with this affair with jamie dornan um looking like a snack there's that scene where she Uh opens up the fan and she's like sitting behind the fan oh mama me i was fanning myself (laughs) um there's a scene after he there's there's a bit after he leaves where she like walks up this like huge flight of stairs like really slowly to that really sad apex twin piano loop Oh um, yeah, the, the movie takes kind of another turn. Like now, things slide into sort of uh, like this is the post Grammys, A Star Is Born sort of turn. This is when things get uh-huh. sort of like dismal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's She's handled kind of... really well. Like I disagree mm-hmm. with Jay Hoberman here. He thinks the movie becomes like a drag, and I kind of think that's the point. Like it's not fun anymore. Like they're still getting like fucked up, but like now we've all got like four yeah. kids, and it's like ugh. Yeah, I think that leaving after we left the uh, the like fake country life place. I was like, oh, this, like, isn't, it's not going to be the same, especially when she's like, don't you want to go to, like, Paris? And he's like, well, we have everything we need right here. I was like, I want more! Uh More! More! I wish this movie was five hours long. (laughs) I wish this movie was a real-time depiction of these seven years. Uh, I Uh have to say that I disagree. Um, I I, I loved this when I watched it a few months ago, and this time I, I think I'm I'm giving her a little less slack. I think I want more of the disconnect between 
the I don't know. I, I want to be challenged more. I think she's giving me too much of what I want. And it's almost more, to the more, point where I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm eating. It, it's it's such, such a rich diet Sophia's feeding me that I, I got to be given some bitters, some uh, uh-huh. some ginger to, to, to cool. I, don't, I, I just kind of wish there was more explicit tension or, you know, this is a pretty high stakes environment and she can't even show me getting her dang head lopped off. Not that I want that, but it was a little bit like she just kind of smooths everything over. I ooh, I think the ending is kind of really well handled. I think her sort of like, all right, fine. Her like surrender to the French people is pretty affecting, especially in the way it kind yeah. of visually suggests. Oh my god, yeah. Ha- kind of characterizing them just by like a really severe banging on the door in this place that you've never Scary. seen anything like that. You're like, oh, there's a snake in this boot. Hey, hey, hey! Snake in my boot. Hey, somebody poison the water hole. Oh no. <laughs> What do you, I mean, how do, how do you, how do you feel about what I said? Do you think uh, do you think she's she's kind of to, like toting us along like little Pyrenees? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you in the sense that yeah, she's giving me exactly what I want. I mean, I'm watching this movie. And I, I I watched this and I was like, is this one of the best movies I've ever seen? I mean, this is like food to me. This is like, <laughs> this is incredible. Eating a but you're right. It's a bit of a it's a it's a bit of a rich diet. I I, I, uh-huh. I do kind of wish she would like alienate me a little more, maybe. And my understanding uh-huh. of somewhere is that it's a movie that doesn't really give you much. So maybe that's right. maybe that all turn out to be what I'm looking for out of nowhere. Yeah, that, I don't know. That's her. That's her t- giving us the Alka Seltzer we've so desperately need after watching something like Marie Antoinette. But I I do I, I I think her indulgence in the sets and her kind of knowing. Uh, destruction of like morality through just such a rich visual and uh and gastronomical diet i'm gonna kill myself after this um uh like it has its limit that doesn't get doesn't really get satisfied um by the way that she ties it up i guess i mean like or or that it doesn't maybe she's not following through on um maybe the dangers the 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 interpersonal dangers of such a rich lifestyle i don't know i guess she gets into that a little bit but it's like she kind of keeps it ab- above water even in the darkest times um yeah i mean i uh, i, 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 I agree with you in the sense that I, I think her films are pretty hermetic they never really by design leave the confines not only of like individual buildings but often of individual perspectives and then yeah her movies are muted to such a degree that it's it's the ending can feel like sort of uh, an anticlimax it might not feel like she takes things to like necessarily uh the logical conclusion um i mean obviously in this this being an extreme case we know what happened to marie antoinette and louis the 16th mm-hmm. um and i also don't know that i love the final final shot of just like the ransacked bedroom um yeah i kind of wish it was uh just else, saying goodbye or something yeah uh, i mean i i feel like that's kind of a cheap like it's like when people say you know i wish it was three quarters i wish it was a third of the length shorter or something it's like easy for you to say i think that i think that a big drawback that pe- people who are I'm I'm imagining this. People who are writers and directors, something that stunts their movie is them not editing it. It's like you uh-huh. you have this conception of it. You were there during every part. I I'm sure it would just be so not time. Like she wouldn't be able to get it done in a reasonable time if she was editing editing it herself. But I do think, especially with that crucial montage it's just kind of like done the Hollywood way or like the very appropriate editing style of like, we're going to hit this beat and this beat and this beat. And it doesn't really let, I think that a lot of this could, could benefit from allowing the camera to linger on these people that are experiencing discomfort in certain situations. Um, but you know, she probably had a lot of shit she had to cover and please a lot of, uh, shoe designers, uh, so the shoes were designed by Manolo, uh, and all the desserts were actually done by uh, Laudre, Laudre, I don't know the French pronunciation, but like an actual extreme, like very like respected designers and fucking uh, dessert people. 
Just feed me. Fucking pig in this the movie really does give you like a stomach ache though, because it's so it's almost it's almost Grinch levels of like, oof, boy, it's really uh, <laughs> they're really they're really putting it away. <laughs> it's like... also all the color of Pepto Bismol. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really love when she does. She goes with like that white hair. Boy, howdy, Kirsten Dunst looks great oh, with yeah, like yeah. gray hair. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's like just vertical Lady Frankenstein ass hair. Molko Bennett, you know the the queen has a somewhat artistic temperament. I guess I've got a somewhat artistic temperament as well. <laughs> I, I I do have to hand it to Sophia for being just once again an incredible writer and a good, just a great adaptation from a book. Even though I did not read the book, um, she writes believable dialogue for such an alien world and makes it even. She is kind of spoon-fitting it to us by not going the, like, Kubrick route of having everybody speak in, like, old fucking English and having it be lit with, like, uh, fucking, can't like, matchsticks. Um, but the steps she takes to characterize everybody is, um, you know, c- contemporary but only to the point where we can relate to like what they're going through and, and doesn't take away from me believing that they're actually in Versailles or something at no point. It must've been just really disappointing for someone to be like coming into like a period drama quote and then just being like, Oh, this is like a kid's movie or something. But like, that's your problem. She doesn't, the only reason that gets set up is because I guess like, I don't know. They saw a trailer or they said they heard it was about, or because it's called Marie Antoinette. I, I worry that as this movie continues to get reappraised, it's gonna. I think it's already had kind of a bad influence on art. Like there was a show on TNT a few years ago called like Will. That's like a sexy Will Shakespeare show that looks like it kind of takes like, uh, aesthetic beats from uh, this and the sort of uh, uh, like decadence of court life. Like I think we're gonna get a lot of that. Mm, um, yeah. I, although I guess like what's his name, Baz Luhrmann has as much of an influence on that sort of thing as this does. Um, you know, like, I'm not looking forward to the film adaptation of Hamilton. I think that's probably going to take a lot of cues from Oh, uh, uh, my stomach. When are they going to get to the fireworks factory? You know, if you're the sort of person who goes <laughs> into a movie and asks, when are they going to get to the fireworks factory? You're going to have to wait about an hour and ten minutes for, uh, to, to really get what you're looking for out of Marie Antoinette. Hey, can you tell your kid that a uh, fireworks factory will... He will he will not ever see a movie that the fireworks come in the first 40 minutes. Just just let him know that. You can thank me. Hmm. Um oh. the go ahead. Rose Byrne also should have been nominated for an Oscar for this movie. She's got like three scenes and she's spectacular. She's the one like duchess that kind of comes like in and out. Um she's like a real lush. Uh I mean, if you know Rose Byrne, you would recognize her. Let me see. Uh-huh. Let me see. When uh, when Jamie Dornan and them come back, she's there. Like, ah, uh, yeah. Oh scenes. my god. Yeah. Very good. Very funny. She she's kind of the one that uh, first shows the sort of flippant attitude that is possible to take on in this world that um, it seems that Marie Antoinette picks up on and sort of mimics. Uh, uh-huh, right. You'll, you, you love to see a good girl gang, and I don't know if that's politically correct to say anymore, but I did like the friendship that they had, that they could just be like, this is fucking bullshit, who cares? <laughs> Let's just get wasted and like play Let's poker. get wasted, yeah. I have been in that situation, I mean, you ever coming down off doing LSD and then you just get fucking blackout? Oh, it yes. is an incredible <laughs> rush to make that decision. And you wake up the next day and you truly are like, God, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> that yeah some of the more severe um instances of memory loss and i'm saying this as a born again christian i don't recommend that lifestyle to uh to um what are we doing again is this a video is this a movie this uh we both found out we have cancer we're recording a video for our son so we can sort of like uh meet our meet meet his his parents oh huh okay uh, so then this is like kind of a casual, just kind of like us having a regular conversation about something yeah. we like so that they can be like, He'll oh, be that's a what little he was confused, like. But... Uh, yeah. yeah. Much like Sophia Coppola, well, we're leaving him to connect some of the dots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But we'll give a lot of the musical cues so that he can understand when to cry, when to laugh. Mm-hmm. Well, it's too bad we only have the rights to one song, and that's uh, Scott <laughs> Joplin. <laughs> but, you know, it does the, the dual job of making you laugh, making you cry, and uh, everything in between. And making you want to run across a dang... Um, what's something in the future that people are going to be running across? A, um, like an infinity uh, loop treadmill, a hyper loop uh, train. An infinity pool. An infinity pool. Okay. Um, picture this, son. You are listening to your calm father and his dear old friend, your dad, your other dad, and um, sitting there so intently in your infinity pool doing probably some type of futuristic water aerobics mm-hmm. and uh elon musk's formaldehyde head is teaching you the about president <laughs> god knows what yeah he's the he's the president and then we now have what's called a micro president in the future which is a uh president of micro microbiomes because we have mm-hmm. gained a consciousness of Actually, the politics of very small organisms, single-celled organisms, believe it or not. Well, you can believe it because you're in the future. But um, this is just a casual conversation, so thanks for listening. Is that? Do you think that's appropriate for like a, a son? Should I act? Should I? What do you think when you... Give me an example of the talk. Give it to me. Pretend I'm your little boy. I can crouch if you need you know, thankfully, I never had to have it with my parents. Thankfully, the schools came in and did that. Oh, yeah. I've the literally schools... never once talked about sex with my parents. Not even, like, in any sort no, of... No, me like... neither. Me neither. Not even once skirted that. Which, I can't even imagine you know, what it sounds like. I... Yeah. I can't... Simply can't imagine that. It's like, whoop! Nope. No, not gonna do that. But thank you for... Oh, um... All right. <laughs> Just both of us, like, anytime locking eye, like, I lock eyes with my dad, just kind of, oh, look the other way. Sorry about that. Nope, sorry. I honestly would end up being, like, Danny Houston explaining sex to Jason Schwartzman in this movie. I'd probably have to use some <laughs> really, like, roundabout metaphor. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know when I get the bagel dogs from BJ's? Imagine throwing about a trillion of those into a big egg. <laughs> Oh, he's like he's like four years old. You mean like, uh, like a chicken egg? Like a soft chick, like a hard, a deviled egg.